0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everyone beyond the body, welcome to the Cheeky Podcast. Oh my gosh. What? Really? Are you listening to this? What? So, this episode. Oh, we hadn't even talked about it. Are we calling this a Types of Clowns? Are we doing it like a What Is? Let's do a What Is. Alright. We're going to call this episode What Is Mime? We originally set out, we were going to expand on our types of clown series, and we are going to do an episode on mime, but then after doing some further research, we were like, a bit undecided, kind of almost a little bit against categorizing mime as a type of clown. So, Mm. we've decided to call this episode, What is a Mime? Or, What is Mm.
1: Mime? They do seem to be different. For all of those who do not know, I'm Tom, and this is Ian. Hello there. And we are two clowns who graduated from NICA, which is a circus school in Australia. And we made this podcast to talk about clown and to laugh, learn, and share our love of clowning with all of you lovely people out there listening.
0: Hmm, yeah.
1: My, My voice is really bad because i've had a cold and then i've done two essentially bouffant slash clowning workshops where we do lots of yelling so
0: oh really <laughs> yeah
1: so that's why i'm so nice and gravelly
0: oh honestly i didn't even didn't even oh really it. no not <laughs> at all. well i'm listening to you through you know shitty headphones so <laughs> yeah well we'll see
1: we'll see if you can notice through um when you when you edit
0: this true don't worry though remember we did record like three episodes without me using the right inputs That was that's right that's so stupid so uh before we begin do you have any kind of opening statements or opening things you want to say about this episode before we start
1: when we're talking about mime we're talking about western like mime made in europe there are a lot of different silent Uh, performing uh, styles in other cultures uh, such as No, uh, Mukabinaya, Buto, and Mimeus, which was uh, ancient Roman, I think. Um, But we're going to be talking about mime, which is its own kind of style. So when we're referring to um, you know, we might say generalised things like all acts that are silent are mime acts. We are we are talking specifically about European and westernised acts not just in all cultures.
0: Mm, that's really good to mention. I guess my opening statement would be that I found it kind of really interesting. Um, Mm. <laughs> it kind of made me want to go down a few different uh, kind of rabbit holes about mime and uh, mm. one of them being I think I was inspired we should probably do a highlighted histories episode on a gentleman called Marcel Marceau and uh, he was a French mime performer who became very famous and uh, we might do an episode on him in the future coming up mm. righty, let's uh, crack on into what is mime what is mime?
1: What is mime?
0: Oh man, we could even start with the, with the old, get off the old defin- dictionary definition uh, from
1: Oxford. Nice, that's good. Good old Oxford.
0: Alright, well, the Oxford Languages dictionary describes mime as one. Noun, the theatrical technique of suggesting action, character, or motion without words only using gesture, expression, and movement. Uh, In another one, noun, in ancient Greece and Rome, a simple fascial drama including mimicry. And Mm. mime as a verb is to use only gesture and movement to act out.
1: Mm. Hmm. is containing
0: farce. Yes, farce is containing farce Which I found from re- researching The Three Stooges was one of my favourite Styles of comedy <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> It's interesting because Where, where I was reading it, it kind of ended up Being like Mime is It's not just anything that's uh, Like a silent It's like it's not just uh, A silent But funny thing or a silent But whatever thing which, and I, it depends how you define mime. Because if you define it like uh, a silent act, then it, it's anything. I think it is a style of performance which was originally made by, like, kind of pioneered by uh, Jacques Copeau. I think that's how you pronounce that. Which he he sort of set up a theater school And it was like a form of theater um, But then And he kind of pioneered That initial Like for traditional mime But then in that school A person named Etienne de Creux Went to the school And then further pioneered And created uh, Something what he calls Corporeal mime Which is much more abstract and it conveys meaning and emotion through the body rather than through literally like miming out an object in air.
0: Quotes. Oh wow, that sounds um exactly as you said abstract. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah. So that's kind of why I don't know, I feel like it's a, it's like slightly more specific. Hmm.
0: So basically like mime is like we agree the mime is a performance genre. Yes. And would you say that just because it's silent doesn't necessarily mean it's mime?
1: Yeah, and I think but yeah, yeah. And I think that it, something can have mime elements. But that doesn't like it, it can have elements of like people they use elements of mime. Like the like purposely not talking or you like using non-verbal language, like gibberish or something. I think that might be the difference. Like you can use elements of mime and still not be a mime artist. Whereas like mime artists will do sp- specific things.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So like mime will have silence, but not all silence is mine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: So there's a World Mime Organization, and that has some definitions.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, that's really cool.
0: A mime artist is someone who uses mime as a theatrical medium or as a performance art involving miming, or the acting out of a story through body motions without the use of speech.
1: I think I came to the conclusion that it was a little bit more than that, that it was... That it was, it was like, it's like acting without speaking, but in doing that, I suppose, you, you begin, you have to kind of delve into that sense of, um, how do I convey the meaning without words? And so then in doing that, you suddenly have to like actually perform in a different way. And I think that is mine. Rather than... No, it's not just acting without speech, It's not like I can go on stage and then do a physical like acting piece and then just not say any of the words. That wouldn't be mime.
0: No. See, one of the discussion points that I had... This is jumping around everywhere now. One of the That's discussion great. points was that I had was that do mimes use props? Because in some sources that I found it talked about a keyword of mime being really precise like a mime will very precisely mimic action like real life actions to like as if they were really there like you eating a fake banana you'd take the time to peel the banana very appropriately to the right size and eat it or the classic Mm. one of making a cup of tea you'd put all the emphasis into making putting the kettle on blah 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 but on like sort of more shallower sources like the Wikipedia that didn't mention that kind of thing. It just no. focused on the portrayal of um, storytelling through gesture and through mm. without sound. And um, the gesture side of it, I guess, could refer to that, but um, one website was like, oh, you know, the keyword is being very precise. You know, it's like, it's like, I really I like is really It's smaller than the big... Um, exaggerated, you know.
1: Performance. Yeah, yeah, fully. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that mime is very precise. I like the, I like that wording, like that the, the specific specificity of it. Uh. Because, like when when Ludwig, he's our teacher. If you want to know more about him, we did a episode where we interviewed him just check it out one of our previous episodes whenever he taught us mime stuff like even just like basic like gesturing objects he would be really really specific about how we did it because otherwise it doesn't convey the meaning or it doesn't convey it very easily and even like doing when you're walking in particular ways like he would he he mentioned something in the episode where he was talking about how he went to a, like a experimental theater thing and there he oh, learned yeah. how to do a specific movement stuff and he would spend all day, you know, practicing it or whatever. And I don't know how long he spent there, but in doing that, I think like that you, you have to do very purposeful actions in order to, um do this sort of thing.
0: Mm. The um there's some classic mime exercises. There was like two mini acts that we learned. I remember learning at school. One was I don't you might have done the assessment too, was the uh tug of war. Did you did you teach you the tug of mm. war? Oh, you just learned how to like mime a tug of war. Oh, like a yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, Except, yeah, we didn't do an act oh, you, or anything. We we just did like the basic, just how to mime it. Yeah.
0: The other one was the balloon, and the balloon is like same, the same can be done with the suitcase. Uh, the balloon would like be stuck, and you'd have to try and pretend to walk away, and the oh. balloon is, is stuck in the spot, and they can like lift you mm. up in the air. But then you again, didn't do I don't any know of that if, either. But I don't know if the balloon in particular is mime because it has a prop. And it doesn't necessarily. It doesn't. None of the sources that I found, including the World Mind Organization, it talks about not using speech, but it doesn't talk about not using props.
1: I would say you can use props. I would say that there aren't many props.
0: Mm. And I would say I...
1: that the props, if there are props, they would be super integral to conveying what the act was about. Because, for example, in that example, in that Balloon Act, it would be really, really difficult to convey that you had a balloon that was stuck there if you didn't have a balloon.
0: Right, exactly. And
1: it wouldn't and it wouldn't look and be it wouldn't look as amazing as it does. As magical in quotes. So I would say, personally, I think that
0: But mimes like, can use props.
1: Yeah, that traditional mimes use props.
0: So uh, after researching, Tom and I kind of had a little bit of a discussion before we started recording, and that was, do we consider mime to be a category of clowning? Because I think uh, there was one resource that we found that suggested that mime was a type of clown as we were researching Mm. the the clown types, and thus I prompted this episode. (laughs) But um, (laughs) but, uh, having done further research we've kind of come to the conclusion that like, maybe it's not. And uh, one of the key reasons there being is that although mimes... For me, anyway, one of the key reasons for me is that although mimes can use audience participation, it's not like a key feature of mime. Like, mm. mimes, mimes can use audience participation slash clowning as a technique, but that mm. doesn't mean that doesn't mean that as a whole the genre of mime is a clown style
1: yeah i think i think that is an important distinction like like clowns often don't talk or they often will uh gesture in order to convey an object or a meaning um but just because they're using mime elements does not mean that they become a mime And the same vice versa, like just because a clown is like, uh, just because a a mime is using certain clown elements that doesn't make them a clown. It's like an interesting mix that I think. It's like
0: a blend. Hey, like they can, they can cross over, but they kind Mm. of exist in in their own. Yeah. I also wanted to say that mime doesn't always have to be funny, but then I realized clown doesn't always have to be funny either. Yes. Yes. And then Just I was like, to ah make you feel damn, yeah. <laughs> this has to make you feel something.
1: Yeah, I think I think mime or like mime isn't as funny as often. So Yeah, that would like, make
0: sense.
1: Like I think more mimes kind of go the route of creating a, an emotional context. Um Whereas I would, I would suggest that most clowns go the funny route, which isn't, Mm. you know, not, there isn't one that's better than the other or anything. It's just a different way of performing and a different kind of thought process. Like you're not, you're not trying to have a laugh about the subject with the audience. You don't have to, you don't feel like you have to as a clown, as a mime.
0: It's almost as though you know. Well, it's, it's kind of the the key difference is that you go like when you watch a mime, you're kind of just watching it as a theater piece. Like you're there. Like mm. it's more often than not separate to you, mm. um, and then you you know you watch it like you'd watch TV. Maybe
1: yeah. Uh, I would say yeah. I would I would say it's it, it is kind of like that. Like mime is it is like a show. It's like a a, a form of physical theater. Hmm. Which I suppose clown is to an to an extent as well.
0: Yeah, for those of you that are tuning into the first time, uh, which would be this would be a tricky one to jump straight into. Yeah. <laughs> the, the we sort of the, both Tom and I through our teachings and our research, we kind of more often than not define clowning with audience participation. Mm. And uh, maybe we could do another episode um, for new listeners about like comedy versus clown you know, because, uh, mm. but that, you know, that could be an episode in itself and that could also be a hot topic in debate too, <laughs> but, but for, but between us and, uh, you know, our teacher, we kind of define clowning as everything that specifically has audience interaction. Mm. So a piece is funny, but it doesn't involve any audience interaction. It's not necessarily clowning.
1: Mm. I think, yeah, I think there's a few
0: elements that kind of all have to be incorporated Now, Tom, you've found some history on modern mime that suggests it hasn't been around for as long as we might think.
1: I think it's a similar thing with clowns. Like, there's been funny people, and there's been particular elements of clown throughout history. Um, but it wasn't until kind of Grimaldi and that, that kind of push that made it clown that we see today. And I think right. that's the same as mime. So, like, my, there's been elements of mime throughout the whole of history, kind of, like, there's lots of different, in all different cultures, there's lots of different silent performers and performances. Yes. But it wasn't until uh, jean gaspard Deboreau and Jacques Capot and Etienne de Dacouroux, who kind of all, like, in their own way, like... Took a step towards what we see today. So, like um, Jean-Gaspard Deburau was a very famous Pierrot. He was uh, in in pantomimes. Um, he's like kind of semi considered like the father of like European whiteface, and also a mime to an extent. He because he didn't talk in any of his performances um and he was a very and he had the white face and so that's kind of where that very um that classic mime look comes from where it's the painted white face with the uh, bits of black on it
0: the kind of like the kind of thing you imagine with like french you imagine like a french mime or like you kind yeah. of have that kind of stereotyped kind of yeah. look yeah
1: exactly and then jacques copeau set up a a theater school um which kind of taught, again, elements of mime, and I think a more traditional mime. But this dude, um, he kind of developed all these different um, mime aspects, and traditional mime aspects specifically. And I think Lecoq is a very particular route. He also developed his own style of mime. And then Etienne de Creux... Um, went to Jacques Capu, Capot, uh went to that school and then delved a bit deeper and uh, created corporeal mime which is much more so what I was saying earlier how it's oh the
0: uh the yeah it's abstract, like really yeah abstract
1: yeah uh, kind of trying to tell the, the
0: oh, yeah, story
1: yeah, yeah. through. Uh, your body rather than through gestures and apparently it's very much so that the hands and feet aren't used so much as the trunk like your torso and hips and stuff are used so like they don't they won't like literally use the hands to create an object or
0: anything (laughs) i want to see some of this corporeal (laughs) i think it would be
1: really if you look it up sounds whack it looks a lot like, like just from photos, I haven't seen any like things, but it looks a lot like dancing, which was I, I thought was really interesting. Because mm. maybe that's kind of where they meet up again. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, I've written down here, anything before the 20th century is primarily conjecture. It depends on how you define mime.
0: Ah, interesting. Did you hear that, folks? So, Tom just said that anything... Pre-20th century is uh, up for debate about yeah. whether it's a mime or not. Mm. So you'd say the turn, like the real mime we see today, the turn of that, was like the 19th century when those yes. key, key figures were really creating the form that we see. Yeah. Like all of the ancient Rome, ancient Greece kind of theatre, the Japanese theatre... It had elements of mime, so maybe yeah. like it maybe was a silent theater type, but the yeah. precise and refined mime that we see now was primarily created in the 19th century. Very similar to say when the modern contemporary clowning we see today was created by Grimaldi, you know, in the ni- I think also in the 19th century. Yeah. Uh, despite there being funny people who existed in yeah. You know, as you read, like, you know, the pharaohs and, you know, the court gestures, um, all Mm. that kind of thing.
1: And I think an interesting point to make on the Japanese theatre in particular um, was that uh, Etienne Ducroux, the person who kind of uh, helped develop or primarily developed corporeal mime, he got a lot of inspiration from, like, certain Japanese theatre that didn't use any... So I think he got a lot of inspiration from... No, I think that's how you pronounce it.
0: I have some super interesting trivia, uh, random facts about Mime.
1: Oh, I'm so keen. Hit me.
0: So, you might even know this. So, there is a Pokemon called Mr. Mime. Mm Mm-hmm. So... And there's a really fantastic scene, which we'll include in the link in the description, of them kind of like interviewing... uh, No, they're not interviewing. They're uh, interrogating the Mime character. (laughs) And uh, Mm. the funny thing about Mr. Mime is that he does all of the really classic, like, really precisely doing all of these movements. Like, he pretends to ride a motorbike and like uh, all of these things. And uh, he doesn't make any noise. But, as uh, like a filming technique they include like uh, like the sound effects of the things like he pretends to ride a motorbike and they include a motorbike noise and so in the cartoon of Pokemon Mr. Mime's main power is that he creates invisible walls <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and amazing. they're like indestructible so in one episode he like stops a tank by creating all of these <laughs> invisible walls and uh Mr. Mime evolves into a Pokemon called Mr. Mime invo- evolves into a Pokemon called Mr. Rhyme, who is heavily based <laughs> on Charlie on Charlie Chaplin.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and even even
0: even like his his model is looks like Charlie Chaplin.
1: Oh, that's really cute. Ah,
0: I also have as a random fact: in two thousand seventeen, Mime was added to the Intangible cultural heritage uh, category in our France. (laughs) Cultural heritage that is intangible.
1: I love that. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Cheeky Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it very much. Uh, We love talking about different things that we thought we knew but really didn't know anything about.
0: Um, <laughs> we love learning new things. It's all good. Yeah, That's why we're here. It's
1: great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you have any questions or queries or just want to send us a message, feel free to do so. Our mail is cheekyproductions at com. Our website is org, and our Facebook is Cheeky Productions. So, all leave of us that. a comment. Yeah. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of the episode. We really love to hear your opinions and views and life goals and fears ideas. and ideas. We would love some ideas as well. It we It's always love good. Ideas. If you want us to talk about something, please leave it in a comment somewhere. We Or tell us we, in person if you know us. Or tell us in person <laughs> if you know us. That's right. <laughs> This is a pointed conversation to all of our friends. Excellent. Joke of the day!
0: Joke of the day! Speaking of jokes, let's do a joke of the day. Tom, do you have a joke?
1: Do I have a joke? I have a joke? Oh, boy. Oh, boy, do I. So, today is Easter Sunday, breaking the fourth wall a bit there. Um, for us over on this end of the recording, um... I think it'll be Easter Monday when this is released, so it still it still applies. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully it might be <laughs> Easter Tuesday or Wednesday. Easter <laughs> Tuesday.
0: We extended the Easter holidays um, just for our listeners, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. All of you. Every day is Easter have... if you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and on that note, why shouldn't you tell an Easter egg a joke?
0: Cause you don't want to crack it up yes oh, oh! <laughs> 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 look at him go nice. incredible i just <laughs> had the feeling about that one i've never even had that <laughs> before but i'm like you don't want to crack that's good. an egg that's what you want <laughs> nice I'm on the ball with that one yeah, excellent i love the easter theme jokes so i wouldn't have thought of that I- yeah Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it, and we will see we you do. when we see you. I mean, hear you.
1: Or well, you'll hear us when when you'll you hear it. It. <laughs> you hear. You'll hear it, man. I'm really having trouble with that sentence. All
0: right. goodbye. <laughs> We're tired. Goodbye. <laughs> We're tired. <laughs>